Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 14 of Coach Bennett's podcast, Mindset Matters. This is a really special episode for a number of reasons. One, because, well, mindset matters. And more importantly, we've got our very first guest on Coach Bennett's podcast. This is a guest that I've wanted on here even before there was a freaking podcast. Yup, Coach Tammy Bennett. Mindset coach extraordinaire. She is the creator, founder. She is the brains behind the Show Up Society. She is the best coach in the Bennett household. And we get her for episode 14 where we're going to be talking about mindset because you know what? Mindset matters, so let's get right into it. Well, welcome to the show, Coach Tammy Bennett. Thank you for having me. I gotta say, I am really excited to have you on, and I'm gonna tell you why. Even before there was an episode one or a trailer to Coach Bennett's podcast, I didn't know much about this podcast. I didn't know what probably episode two was going to be, but I did know who my first guest was going to be, it was always going to be you, assuming you said yes, and you said yes to the invitation. So thank you for being here. Yay, this is going to be fun. I know it's going to be fun. Now, for the listeners, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us all a little bit about what you do and where you're from. Okay, so I am Tammy Bennett. I am a mindset coach, and I am from, like, from... North Carolina. That's where I was born. And that's where I lived till I met you in Mm. my early 20s. Okay. And now we live. Took you away from North Carolina. Yes. No, that's not true at all. (laughs) We lived in California and then back to North Carolina and then to New Jersey and now in Portland, Oregon. That is right. That is right. So tell us a little bit about what you do. What does it mean to be a mindset coach? And how did you become a mindset coach? And there's so many questions and I'm rolling them into one. So you just answer the questions as you see fit. Okay. So I went to law school and halfway through my first year, I decided I did not want to be an attorney. And then you dropped out of law school. I did not. I continued because I thought it can't hurt to have a law degree in your back pocket. No. The question is, can it help? (laughs) It has not helped so far. (laughs) But And then we had our first child in my third year of law school. So that sort of cemented that I wasn't going to immediately go into practicing law. Um, I did, however, take and pass the California bar exam just in case I ever wanted to be an attorney. Um, And I never wanted to be an attorney. So But I did want to work and I did want to help people and I did want to have my own business. So I started out by teaching and coaching. I was a personal trainer, stroller strides, which was a fitness class that moms could do with their babies in the stroller because I had, we had three babies and I brought, uh, I brought them with me 
to work every day when I helped these moms get back in shape. And so that turned into running coaching because I guess I kind of left that part out that I started running when I was nine Mm -hmm. and and competed very seriously all the way uh, through middle school, high school, college, and then one year post-collegiately. And so because running was such a big part of my life, I wanted to help other people do it. So I started coaching and I coached people of all ages uh, alongside you for some of those years uh, for about 14 years. uh, I coached people with running and really so much of running is mindset. It's what we are saying in our heads, not just the physical thing that our lungs and muscles and legs are doing. There's a lot of running that actually happens inside of your brain. Um, And so I decided that I really wanted to focus on that mindset part. And now I help people get out of their own way so they can do the thing they really want to be doing. Can I ask you one question about your running? Yeah. So you were a new runner in the 80s. You still have some North Carolina state age group records, don't you, for, for, for races on the road, right? Last time I checked, yes. Yeah. So it's basically just you and a bunch of East Germans that have records still from the 80s. Is that correct? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. So moving on, though. Uh, so let let me just ask you a question. Now, you, you talk about mindset coaching for running. I happen to have a little bit of an inside window into your practice. It's not just athletes that you work with. And it's not just because obviously it's not just athletes that can benefit from mindset training and mindset coaching, right? You got it. So I, I left out part of my bio there. Um, but I also, during that time when I was coaching runners, I also started my own art and design businesses. I was in art licensing for several years, and then I had my own stationary business and my products were in over a hundred independent stores across the country. So um, I use a lot of the skills and knowledge that I earned learned from that business to also help people that are creative entrepreneurs or own their own businesses or are artists. Um, but I can coach pretty much anybody, anybody on anything. It just so happens that a lot of creative entrepreneurs and a lot of runners um, find me because I was in those worlds for a while. So a lot of my clients are in those worlds, but you don't have to be to work with me. I mean, considering your background, it's you, you cover all the bases. I mean, you went to law school. What did you major in in college? Where'd you go to college, by the way? Oh, I went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The Tar Heels. The Tar Heels. That's oh, where fantastic. I met you. Shout yeah. out to all those Tar Heels out there and all those wannabe Tar Heels, because if you're not a Tar Heel, you're a you're wannabe, a wannabe. Tar Heel. That's <laughs> there right. we go. And that's yeah. okay. There's room on the bus for everybody. Okay. So I've seen you, especially at clinics, because we occasionally our paths cross. We, I mean, I'll mention again at the end, we actually have a podcast together to coach Bennett's talking, but our paths also cross at clinics occasionally, whether it's clinics for running coaches or whether it's clinics for athletes. And I've seen you kind of go through what you do for those that you work with in a setting like a clinic. And um, I think that would be great if we could do something like that today to kind of show how beneficial or how damaging, because it can really go either way. I mean, if you you have a powerful, strong, healthy mindset, that can be a real advantage 
in anything you do during the day. And the opposite is true, though, too, that if you have a very unhealthy mindset, it can be really damaging to everything you do throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you didn't say uh, to keep to always have a positive mindset, because I think people misunderstand or misuse the word mindset sometimes. I think people think that mindset means that you're always positive and you're only looking at the silver linings, you know, and I think that that's just a misnomer. I think mindset actually means like setting your mind. So you're you're choosing how you want to view situations. You're choosing how you want to think about the world and think about what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, it is a skill that can be developed. It is a skill that you can develop with practice, just like running. Um, so, yeah. I think that's also one of the things that I most enjoy about listening to you speak about this is because you're not one of those people that ignore hard situations or setbacks or or breakdowns like it it happens or people getting upset or sad about a race like that's healthy that's normal it's the reality is is if you care about something or if you're passionate about something there are going to be stumbles there are going to be you know setbacks there are going to be tough situations to deal with and that's not what you do you don't tell people or get people to ignore the hard stuff or the negative stuff it's it that's not what this is at all because i think that does happen out there sometimes and and both of us have had situations where we've seen people say that especially to younger athletes to just get over it you know stay positive don't ever be negative and that's that's not really what this is about at all yeah this is actually about knowing and accepting that setbacks are going to happen period so like when i talk to athletes about it I say it's just like having chocolate chips in a chocolate chip cookie recipe. It is just part of the thing. So part of a successful race or running goal is that you're going to have a setback at some point in a workout or in a race. Maybe sometimes a whole season might feel like a setback. But if we can just go ahead and accept, okay, setbacks are going to happen, just like chocolate chips are going to be in a chocolate chip cookie. Then the question is, what do we do about it? When it happens, how do we bounce back? How do we deal with it and then move on? And that's where mindset comes into play. I've never heard you use that example of the chocolate chips in a chocolate chip cookie. And it's fascinating to me, one, because, you know, I always assume like, well, I've, I've heard most of the stuff. So it's always funny when I hear something I haven't heard before. And then the other part is <laughs> to describe what you just described it's interesting that you chose chocolate chips in a chocolate chip cookie as opposed to saying like, you know, every once in a while there's going to be a little gristle in that piece of ham in your ham sandwich, you know, like the gross part, because you were actually talking about the setbacks and you chose to use chocolate chips instead of something gross. Oh, you that's know, so like interesting. Some, sometimes just... there's a piece of glass in your chocolate chip cookie and you're like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> but that, God, but there's not. Yeah. Well, no, I use it because it's be. just so essential. Like you can't have a chocolate chip cookie without the chocolate chips. You can't right. have a major success without having a setback. So I just chose it because one, they're delicious, but two, because it's so essential to success. I like that. And I also like the use of the, the term essential. All right. This is great. I'm going to not actually edit this podcast and I'm just going to steal a bunch of this stuff and play it off as my own. Because what are the what are the chances that you listen to my podcast? Probably small. And this way I can just steal your ideas. What's the mm -hmm. uh, name of the movie where the guy steals the 
the the, the painter's ideas is it big eyes big is eyes yes big eyes but it's I happened many many times in history let's be for real it's happened more than once that that a man has stolen his his wife's ideas just so everyone knows you're saying that with absolute sarcasm. Yes. So, that, so oh you don't have goodness, a bunch yes. of people hating you right now. Jeez, the mailbag would be filled up. I think people know me enough that the sarcasm there is 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 strong and heavy. Okay, so why don't we do this? Why don't we go through like a hypothetical or an example to show what you do and how important mindset is? Okay, great. Let's do that. But I want to establish like a little bit of a foundation first. Okay. Okay, so let's do this. So uh, one of the tools that I use in my coaching is called the awareness model. I didn't make it up. One of my previous mentors named Brooke Castillo made it up, but I have found it very useful. It's one of the tools I use. So in this tool, we all have a circumstance, something neutral, something that just happens to us. Um, and then when that circumstance happens, our brains interpret it to mean something. Our brains give it meaning. And everybody's brain is going to make it mean something a little bit different because we all have different backgrounds and cultures and victories and sadnesses that we've experienced. So everybody's brain is going to interpret this situation a little bit differently. Then our brain has this thought or this interpretation, and it makes us have a feeling, a vibration in our body, an emotion, happy, sad, angry, something like that. And when we are telling ourselves this thing, this interpretation that we have of the world, and that we're when we're feeling something in our body, it makes us go take actions or non-actions sometimes. And then when we've taken those actions or non-actions, we have a certain result. And almost always what we're thinking and what we're telling ourselves about the situation actually creates the result. So all that may not make sense right now, but it will when we let's go through like a, an example, a hypothetical, and it will all start to click and make a little bit of sense. But I just wanted to give that little background. Great. All right. So, let's, let's get into it. Okay. So why don't you give me an example, something that maybe you see um, an athlete come to you, uh, like a problem that they're having or, or a struggle that they're having, and we'll go from there. Um, okay. I mean, that's, I'm coming up with like 50 examples right now, but uh, all right. I would say a common one, especially now considering the time of the year, it's fall. So you had a lot of people either starting to race um, or they've been training for a long time and they're about to race. So let's say somebody has a goal and they say, okay, I'm running. We'll keep it short and simple because I love cross country. It's a 5k and I want to break 20 minutes in the 5k and I'll get something like I ran 2042. What's wrong? Okay. Why, why, why can't I do this? Why am I so terrible? Why do I suck? It's usually a litany of just really, really negative, awful things once they don't hit the goal. Okay. So let's just break this down. The neutral circumstance here is that athlete had a goal of running sub 20 and athlete ran 2042. That's neutral. That, that is just a number on a clock. There's no meaning to that number until we give it a meaning, until the athlete gives it a meaning. So my guess is that this athlete probably is thinking something like, oh, I'm never going to break 20 minutes. Yes. I mean, yes, that would probably be it. I'm so far away. And it, usually it's because they had this expectation that they were going to run 1955 or anything under 20 would have been exciting. But since it's 2042, obviously to them, it's failure. Okay. So that's great. So if this person's brain interprets 2042 as a failure, then that's going to be their thought or their interpretation. 
So their neutral circumstance is ran 2042 for a 5K, and their brain is interpreting it to mean I'm a failure. Yes. How do you think their emotion is in their body when they're telling themselves I'm a failure? Yeah, well, I imagine that they just feel completely defeated. I mean, they had this goal. They didn't reach it. They feel like a failure. So they feel defeated, despondent. Yeah. So I want to just point out something really quickly. The fact that they didn't run their time isn't making them feel defeated, but the way they're telling themselves I'm a failure, that's what's causing that defeated feeling in their bodies. So when this athlete now is saying to themselves, I'm a failure, and they're feeling defeated, let's look at the actions that they're probably going to take. They're probably not going to look at the wins that they had during the race, at the things that they did well. They're probably going to have negative self-talk. They're probably not going to do the little things like the stretching and the water and the nutrition and the sleeping and the going to practice. They're probably not excited to run another 5K and they're probably not training, right? Because most people, when they're feeling defeated and saying that they're a failure, they're not going to go out and do positive things. So those are the actions that they're taking because of the thoughts in their head, because of the feelings in their body. Now, what result do you think they're going to have when they're not looking at their wins, when they're talking to themselves like crap, when they're not doing the little things and they're not training? Well, they're not breaking 20 minutes. I'll tell you. I mean, just from my coaching perspective, they're yeah. not they're not breaking 20 minutes. Right. So here's where this sort of magic comes in. And some of you listening may have heard of self-fulfilling prophecy, but this is basically what's going on. When you tell yourself, I'm a failure, I'm never going to break 20 minutes, the result is most likely you're not going to break 20 minutes because you're not going to go do the things that you need to do to break 20 minutes. So then let's turn this around. This is where the magic comes in. We as humans get to choose how we think about a situation. And so now we know that thinking about it this way, I'm a failure. I'm never going to break 20. That's not so useful to us. That's not very helpful because all that does is make us not break 20 minutes. Gross. We don't like that result. So here's the magic part. We can take that same circumstance where we just ran 2042 for a 5K and our goal was to break 20, but this time we can tell ourselves something different about it. We can choose a different thought. We can tell our brain to interpret it in a different way that leads to a different result. So shall I just make a, a, a different way of thinking about it? Yes, please. Okay. So this time, same thing. Athlete had the goal to break 20 minutes for a 5K, but they ran 2042. But this time the athlete says, Man, I was so close. I'm going to get it next time. That's how they're going to interpret this number. So that's their thought now, their new interpretation, their new thought. I was so close. I'll get it next time. How do you think they're feeling now? Uh, well, I've seen it fired up, optimistic, yeah. excited. Yeah. So let's go with fired up and optimistic. What is an athlete doing now when they're telling themselves, I was so close, I'm going to get it next time, and they're feeling fired up and optimistic? They're probably looking forward to the next 5K. They're training. They're listening to their body. They're doing the little things, and they're looking at what they did well in the race. So then if those are the actions that they're taking, what do you think the result is? Now they're probably going to get it next time. Or in a future race, they're probably going to get their goal because now they're training and listening to their body and they're doing the little things and they're pumping themselves up and they're talking nicely to themselves. So we have these two examples where we have the exact same circumstance. We had a goal of breaking 20 and the athlete ran 2042. But the way that that athlete interprets that situation comes out with completely different results. In one, they never break 20 if they stay in that cycle. In the other one, 
they break 20 and they meet their goal. And it all comes down to them choosing intentionally to think about it in a way that is much more useful and helpful to their goals. It's kind of magic. It is. And can I ask you a question if you've seen this? Because it, 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 it seems incredibly obvious, like when you present it that way, and yet so many people struggle with this. As a coach where so much of your you know, your time with an athlete is making sure that they're open to areas where they can get better, which is another way of saying, you know, working on your weaknesses. Do you find that when people work on their mindset like this, they're actually excited to be finding those weaknesses and working on them as opposed to being scared of allowing anyone to know they have weaknesses? Because I find those athletes that you just described, the ones that can finish a race and say, hey, okay, we're getting there. We're moving forward. You know, this is what the time meant to me. And it's, it's something that's leading towards progress. They also seem to be the athletes that are the most willing to say, Hey, what, what, what can I work on? What, what did I maybe not do really well? Because those are opportunities to get better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's why, you know, you'll hear people say like mindset is everything. Um, and it really, it just determines your outcome so much. Now, I will say that most human brains are geared to go negative. They're geared to look at the negative or the worst case scenario. And so sometimes we have to fight against our own like biology almost. And we have to say, okay, brain, I see you trying to go negative here. I see what you're doing, but I'm going to choose differently. Instead of saying that I suck as a runner and I'm a failure and I'm never going to break 20, I'm going to choose to ignore my default towards negative, And I'm going to choose something more useful to me, which is I'm so close, I'll get it next time. And so if you can be willing to sort of fight your own um, tendency to go negative, if you can be willing to practice it over and over and over of teaching your brain to shift in towards a more useful thought, then you will be successful. But you just have to be willing to practice it. It's not a one-time thing. It's a practice over and over and over to to find that more useful thought and go that way. Well, I mean, that shouldn't be, you know, something that's uh, scary or insurmountable to a runner, considering the fact that you do one run, that doesn't mean you're suddenly fit. It just exactly. means you've done one run. See, that's why there's a next run and there's a run after that and all of those. And, and you know, the other thing that I think is so fascinating about this, which is why it's I maybe extra fascinating for runners. We we have to be efficient with our energy and we have to be efficient with, you know, everything that we do because it's not easy to run. And it's interesting you say that, you know, we we have a tendency to go negative. That that's you could look at that as kind of like an outsource of energy, right? Like you're using energy, you're going negative on yourself. There's no benefit to going negative. And I don't mean you know, pretending like I ran 2042, I'm just going to, that's negative to me. So I'm going to pretend I ran 1942, but you didn't, you ran 2042, but beating yourself up, like you said, in the example, like what normally happens when you're telling yourself that you suck and you're a failure and you're not a great runner. Well, all of those things that occur from that is just stuff that takes you backwards. There's no progression there, which is just interesting that runners can be so miserly with their energy unless it is negative energy. And then for some reason, it's almost like we have boundless amounts of energy to use to that like negative space of, I'm not any good. I'm terrible. I'm never going to do this. And we can talk to ourselves until we're exhausted 
about how bad we are. But suddenly, if you have to do it the other way, it really is. I guess it is training yourself to build up the muscle to do this because it's way harder for people to do what you're saying and have that healthy mindset. It's way, way harder, even though there's such an obvious benefit to it. Yeah. I mean, that just goes into what I was saying about how the brain loves to go negative. So it's actually more efficient to go negative because that's what we're so used to. That that pathway has been cleared. But if we want to make a new pathway where we're looking at the more useful side, we're like, we are paving a new trail, right? Like we're cutting down weeds and we're stomping on grass and stuff until we make that a well-worn trail. So yeah, it actually takes more energy at first when you haven't learned this skill yet. It does take a little more energy to find the more useful thought instead of going negative. But the more you do it, like you said, the more you build that muscle and you're like, oh, 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 brain, I see you're trying to go negative, but we don't do that anymore. We're going to go on this other path where we're going to find a more useful thought that helps us. Now, do you think part of the reason why we go negative initially or instinctually is like a protective mechanism of just yes. like the fear that I care about this and it's maybe even just too scary for me to deal with the ups and the downs. So I'm just going to forget the up and I'll just go down and say I can't do it because I don't want to care this much about it or love something this much. Yeah. Your brain absolutely wants to protect you from pain and the pain of, of rejection or failure or embarrassment, humiliation, all those types of things. They feel terrible. Nobody likes to feel those. So the if the brain is like, oh shit, that's going to really hurt. If we fail, if we try this and we go after it and we fail, that's really going to hurt. Let's just not try. Let's just chill out on the couch and like call it a season. Yeah. So yeah, it's totally a protective mechanism make cookies without chocolate chips. Yeah. Gross. Which are terrible. Who Disgusting. wants those? Oh, awful. And don't put walnuts in your cookies either, people. Like, mm. Just don't. No, just. You can put walnuts in mine. No. I mean, that it's just you're lying to yourself. Nobody wants walnuts in their cookies. It, it just gets in the way and you think it's a chocolate chip, although you're like, how old is this chocolate chip? And it's just gross. Walnuts aren't even good nuts, much less in a deserve to be in a cookie. I mean, the only thing, wait, are walnuts what you crack around Christmas time? Are those, those chestnuts? Are pecans. Those are pecans? You roast chestnuts, think. you crack pecans and walnuts. Do you eat roasted chestnuts? I don't know. They're just roasting on an open fire. Yeah, I know. But does anyone ever eat them? I don't even know what a chestnut looks like. I don't know what a chestnut looks like either. But, in, but I'm I kind of feel, sorry, I kind of feel like the listeners should like, choose a side like hashtag team walnut or hashtag no walnuts. Cause I kind of want to see if there's other walnut lovers out there that could share cookies with me. Yeah. Like hashtag no nuts or hashtag <laughs> more nuts. Sure. Something like that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess we could do that. That's, that's all we need is to have a nuts or no nuts trending. I'm not saying no nuts everywhere. I'm just saying in cookies, there are certain types of nuts. Actually, I don't really like nuts at all, do I? No, like you're not a nut butter. eater. No. All right. We're going to find our way back to what we were talking about because um, I actually wrote something down because I realized I was uh, about to get on a, a ramble and I just wrote goals real quick. I, when I coach, I start at the end and then I move backwards. Okay. So I always, I'm like, okay, this is this is kind of the last thing we want to accomplish. 
can you do this backwards, like before anything starts? So like, let's say before the season starts, I say, I want the team to achieve X, Y, and Z. Let's look at it from a coaching perspective for a minute. I want us to achieve X, Y, and Z. Okay. Can we do that? And then have this help us get to that over the course of a season? Like, can you kind of, you know, reverse engineer what we just did? So it's not in response to something. It's actually an anticipation of like, how do we go about and get to that? Uh, yeah, you can absolutely do that. You can start basically from anywhere in this model. But um, I've done this many times at clinics before when I've met with the athletes and we start with their goal and then we work backwards. What actions do you think you'd have to do to get that goal? What do you have to be feeling? What do you have to be thinking? Um, but it probably is a little bit longer than you want for this episode. So you might just have to bring me back onto a future episode and we can work our way through that for how people can set goals and then work backwards from there to make them happen. This is like deja vu all over again. Thank you, Yogi Berra, for that line, because I'm pretty sure I invited myself back onto your podcast a number of times. Is, is that what just happened? Did you just invite yourself back on? That's what we do. That is what we do. Well, I would love to have you back on because I think this is great and I think it's super important. And it is one of those things that um, when I first started coaching, it was something I realized was often overlooked, especially by coaches. That idea of like, you know what? We're going to run this far, this hard with this much recovery. And tomorrow we're going to run this long at this pace. And it was just a bunch of numbers and distances of meters, minutes, and miles. And there was no work on the mindset part of athletes, even though you saw athletes struggling. And a lot of times coaches just assumed, well, it's a problem with the physical side of the training. We got to take a couple of days off or we got to run more miles. And it was none of the physical training. A lot of times that was the issue. It was the mental, the mindset part that was really holding so many athletes back. I found over the course of seven years coaching high school, there were, there was way more work that needed to be done on the mindset side than, than the physical training side. It was way easier to get an athlete fit physically than it was to get an athlete fit mentally or mindfully. Yeah. That's why I think there should be a mindset coach or performance coach in every high school and every team. That I would agree. be a dream. Yeah. Yep. Or just have coaches that have at least the access to or training in these spaces so they can help. Yes. Okay. So before we wrap up, someone listening today to just this show, how do they, what, what do they take out of this? How can they take something from this and put it into practice literally the second the show ends? Okay. So I'll just give you kind of like the cliff notes version of how to use the model that we just talked about. The first step Perfect. is basically just being aware. If you have a feeling that you don't like, or if you have a result that you don't like, so let's say if you're feeling defeated or discouraged or embarrassed or scared or anxiety, a feeling that doesn't really feel good in your body, just be aware of it and then just ask yourself, okay, what am I telling myself that's making me feel this way? Like, what is the language in my head about this situation, about this race or about my training? And once you come up with that thought, like, what is it that you're telling yourself? The next question to ask yourself is, is there a better way to think about this? Is there a more useful, true way that's going to make me not feel so yucky? Is there a way that I can think about this that's going to make me feel a little bit more encouraged or open-minded or possible or even neutral? And then choose that thought instead. So just being aware, where does it feel yucky? Why does it feel yucky? And is there a different way you can feel that doesn't feel so yucky? And then go with that one. I love that. 
And it's so easy. I mean, that's an so immediate easy. takeaway. I was worried that I was going to have to, you know, give you like 20 minutes to come up with something. But because it normally when someone says, what's one takeaway or one thing, I'm always like, uh, that was perfect. So that's all it is. I mean, it is really just having maybe the guts or the courage or or maybe the, like you said, the awareness to in the moment say, wait, and that's it, right? It's just being aware, thinking through it, and then choosing another way of looking at it. Yeah. Because so many of us humans are never taught that we get to choose how to think about a situation. Yeah. We just aren't taught it, but all the power really is in us to just choose to think about it in a different way and change the outcome. It's really dramatic and remarkable, actually. No, it is. And I'm immediately thinking about somebody who tomorrow or today has some type of a starting line that they're going to get on, whether it's a race, a hard workout, it could be a job interview, it could be dealing with a relationship that they're in, and they, they get, they've they got something from this that they can take away immediately and put in that situation. Yeah, it applies to every situation, almost every situation. All right. Well, you've earned you've earned a invite back and invite back. There's an N at the end of the A there because of the vowel and invite. You've earned an invite back to Coach Bennett's podcast. Yeah, you this has got to be a big moment for you, right? Like just in your career. I'm feeling warm and fuzzy. There you go. See, if you were feeling yucky, you know what you could do. Mm-hmm. Be aware. And think about why. And it's because you're probably thinking, why did I agree to go on this buffoon's podcast? It's even worse than I thought. But you've said Why does he it. talk so much? Yes. Well, that's the thing. I know that like on your podcast, it's different. There aren't the like out of control rambles. You're just good the entire way. You don't need to edit. I Me, cut to I the chase. Edit. Yeah, you cut to the chase. I cut none of the chase. It's just one big wheel of chase cheese. And you chase all the squirrels the that go by. What? And you chase all the squirrels that go by. See, that makes no sense. Yes, it does. Why am I chasing squirrels with a with a wheel of chase cheese? Well, I don't know why you're in cheese, but you're chasing squirrels all over the place. Any, well, any new idea that comes, you just go with it and start talking about it. No, but my point is that when I think of a wheel, I think of a wheel of cheese. And then I think of people rolling the wheel of cheese down the hill and chasing it and falling like that epic. Uh, it happens in I'm Scotland, have to put right? A link to that. I don't know if it's Scotland. <laughs> somewhere and it's somewhere it's in Europe. Definitely, it's yes, it's definitely European. It's not, it's not American. I mean, it's it makes absolutely no sense. There can't possibly be a coherent backstory. And if you've never seen it, I'm gonna put a link to the video. They basically roll a wheel of cheese down the steepest hill you can possibly imagine. And then people chase the wheel of cheese. And the goal is to get to the bottom of the hill before the wheel of cheese. But 99% of the people wipe out. And I mean, you see there has to be broken legs. I mean, there just has to be broken legs every time. Or Europeans are just built differently, which they might be because these people get up or they're just completely hammered. Yeah, Yeah. they have to be because these these are hard falls. This is not like when you see a, a, a three minute montage of fails. No, it's not this. This is. You should not be getting up from this fall, but they get up and they come back year after year to chase that wheel of cheese. So, yeah, I think there's no better time to kind of end this than that. But I do want to ask you, obviously, people are probably thinking, okay, two things. One, why is she with him? We're not going to get into that today. But the other thing, <laughs> whole other podcast, is, whole other podcast. The other one is probably, okay, where are you? 
Coach Tammy Bennett. How do I follow you? How do I get in touch with you? How do I learn more about what you do? So let us know. Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Show Up Society. The name of my podcast is Show Up Society um, because I just help people show up for themselves and show up for the lives they want to be leading. My website is showupsociety.com as well. And uh, people can work with me one-on-one. I also do, as we talked about, uh, I talk at clinics and summits for coaches and for athletes. I also talk to teams. I've talked to many teams across the country um, with specific workshops. I also am starting up a community, the Show Up Society, where people can show up for their goals and work together with me. So uh, yeah, if you go to showupsociety.com, you will find out everything you need to know about how to work with me or get in touch. And there will be links in the show notes because that's just what I do. And there will also be a video of people chasing a wheel of cheese. So you can check out that video and then you can go check out showupsociety.com. And there it is. There's there's the nightcap. That's That's an awesome day right there. You listen to Coach Bennett's podcast. You saw a video of people chasing cheese, and then you just dove into your showupsociety.com website. It's a well-rounded day. It's a well-rounded day, like a wheel. Mm -hmm, Of cheese. (laughs) All right. On that note, let me thank you so much for being the first guest. I mean, this is is going to be... Do do they still make Trivial Pursuit? Yes. Okay. And... uh, Another wheel. This could or pass another wheel. You're exactly right. This could be a trivial pursuit question or a future Jeopardy question. Who was the first guest on Coach Bennett's podcast? So there you go. There's some humility for where I think this podcast is going, that we're going to end up in trivial pursuit. Of course, they may not even make that game anymore, but if they don't, we're going straight to Jeopardy. All right. All right. Thank you for being here. And uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other. And Coach Tammy, we're looking forward to having you back on the show. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link coach bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that i'm on places like threads and facebook and instagram and mastodon and youtube and even the artist formerly known as twitter whatever that dumpster fire is called today you'll find a link to it because i'm on there thank you so much again for listening and until next time take care of yourself